The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, episode 276. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, where we talk about applying high leverage psychology in your business and life. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, licensed psychologist, private practice owner, speaker, executive coach, and consultant. I became a psychologist to learn how to leverage psychology and help others do the same. For over a decade, I've been tracking how psychology gets in the way of smart and results-driven people. For years, I've developed frameworks and tools to help them leverage psychology instead to launch themselves forward. It's my mission to share my hard-earned lessons with you so you can launch yourself forward too. I can't wait to talk high leverage psychology with you so you can learn to take higher leverage action today. Let's talk high leverage psychology. Today I'm sharing five ways people undermine themselves, myself included, and how I help my clients break out of the habits that hold them back. So let's dive in. Some people feel they're made for more, right down to their bones, but it feels just out of reach. I see it in all areas of life, having amazing relationships, living a joyful and fulfilling life, business or financial success, making a lasting impact on the world. At some point, we all feel like we are blocked. It's so common that I have daily conversations about it. But what gets in the way? Today, I'm distilling over a decade of working with clients so we can unpack five common ways we hold ourselves back, sometimes without even realizing it. Here's a quick overview of the five ways we undermine ourselves. Number one, the GPS error. Number two, the wing it mentality. Number three, the sacrifice trap. Number four, the pitting mindset. And number five, the avoidance habit. Let's get to it. Number one, the GPS error. Nowadays, we've got GPS to get anywhere we want to go. All we need to do is punch in a place and hit go, which is where I see the first issues pop up. Sometimes people have a desired outcome, but don't have clarity on a specific goal. They want to have an amazing marriage or be productive. But beyond that, they struggle to have clarity and set a direction. It's like every time they go to put an address into the GPS, something gets glitchy. What's happening is they're entering a zip code without a street address. So it creates an error message. And our brains kind of work the same way. Another version of that is sometimes people have a specific dream or vision, but it's small or short-sighted. Like they can't see past tomorrow or next week, or maybe just past their pain like wanting to feel less stressed or anxious. It's still vague and doesn't paint a picture of what life looks like on the other side of their current problems. Here are four questions I've used with my clients that have helped them get that clarity and stop getting the GPS error. Number one, start by asking what's not okay. Number two, think of the opposite. Ask what's exciting or what would be exciting. Number three, look to the past. 
Ask, when have I been happiest or most joyful? Number four, envision the best future. Think, what would create big feelings of accomplishment, excitement, and joy? We're driven by carrots and sticks, reward and punishment. Sticks often feel like negative emotions and discomfort. That creates a burst of motivation and action to get away from something, which doesn't give a clear direction for what we want to run towards. For that, we need to turn to carrots, which is why happiness, joy, excitement, and love really matter. Those direct us on what to double down on. Make use of both the carrot and the stick. Use the stick to show yourself what you're getting away from. Use the carrot to give yourself a worthwhile goal. Number two, the wing it mentality. There's an old quote often attributed to Benjamin Franklin. It goes like this. When you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Which describes the next problem I see. Even when people set goals, sometimes they hope it will manifest out of thin air. They assume their goals can be accomplished with the same skills and tools they currently have. As if putting in a little effort will get them all the way to their big dream. It's kind of like swimming. If I jump in the pool, flail my arms and kick my legs, something will happen. More often than not, I will waste a lot of time and energy and not get very far. There's a series of skills and actions. Put into place with the right timing and practice, swimming becomes a breeze and I can go very far, really fast. Don't assume the skill set and tool set you've got right now will carry you all the way to your ultimate goals because that might set you up to waste a lot of energy and time and not get very far. I see this mistake all the time. It's a recipe for wasted time, energy, and resources because it leads to stumbling into success. Here's where planning comes in. Planning creates intention and direction. Great planning includes action, measurement, and feedback, all of which are used to improve, stay on track, and move forward. Planned action strategically moves the needle forward. Measurement gives data, comparison points, and benchmarks to reach for. Targeted feedback is the backbone of fast learning, which creates quick improvement, big growth, and a great deal of efficiency over time. But in order to plan, you need to have clarity. Otherwise, all the effort might not get you where you really want to be. Number three, the sacrifice trap. I hear about the hustle and grind culture all the time. Workplaces that overload employees to the point they don't have time to take lunch. I talk to doctors, lawyers, business owners who sacrifice their lunch hour, exercise time, or sleep, maybe all the above, trying to shove a little more work into their day. They pit their personal needs against their goals or the demands of others and put the goal or demand first. In the short term, they get a bit more done, squeeze a little more out of themselves. But in the long term, it's counterproductive, even harmful to their physical, mental, and emotional health. Let me tell you about Brian, which, by the way, isn't his real name in order to protect his confidentiality. Brian was staying up late, cutting into his sleep, trying so hard to jam extra hours to move his practice forward. But he was exhausted on the fast track to burnout. We started by getting honest with his needs. Does he need six hours of sleep or nine? What about seven and a half? 
we started by adding an hour to the number that he picked because it's better to get a bit of extra rest and it's easier to cut back. Undersleeping will not solve the problem. Brian realized how unsustainable it is not to get enough sleep. Every day, it kept getting worse because sacrificing our needs costs us our well-being and tanks our productivity. So we set a benchmark and then worked backwards. We looked at when he absolutely needed to wake up, and for him, that was 6.15 a.m. We worked back, factoring in the time he took to get ready for bed added a 30-minute buffer because that's how long it took him to actually fall asleep, which, by the way, is completely average. Then, I had him set an alarm reminder so he could wrap up whatever he was doing, whether that's work or relaxing, and a second alarm for when his bedtime routine had to start. Voila, he started getting the amount of sleep he needed, and within a couple of weeks, everything he did went faster and smoother. He was firing on all cylinders and his practice started booming again. Notice that a lot of what we did was applying planning to the mindset of sacrificing. Brian needed to first recognize he was pitting his needs against his goals, and then sacrificing his needs. Only then could we leverage planning to get him firing on all cylinders. Number four, the pitting mindset. Brian's story illustrates how a pitting mindset can lead to the sacrifice trap. I hinted at it a moment ago. Brian assumed he had to choose between taking care of his needs or moving towards his goal. It's a black and white mentality, one that pits two things against each other. Instead of seeking an inclusive solution, finding the optimal balance between his needs and his goals. People do it internally, between their own needs and goals. They also do it between each other's needs and goals. I see this all the time with couples and co-founders I work with. For example, John asks Jill to take care of the kids while he travels for a conference. Jill is now stuck in the position of doing everything for the kids, getting them ready, making food, pick up, drop off. The list is endless, and all of that falls squarely on Jill's shoulders. It's like playing hot potato or getting into a death cage match. Only one person can win. When I work with couples and co-founders, I help them see how fast they resort to pitting. It takes them out of working as a team. Instead, it feels like they're competing. In the long term, I see pitting tear apart all kinds of relationships, from family and friends to marriage and business. So what's the alternative? Put everyone's needs and goals on the table. Add in any boundaries or constraints. Affirm everything. And once everything is out in the open, ask the teamwork question. The teamwork question aligns everyone with a common purpose. And here's what it sounds like. How do we find a way forward that addresses all the needs, goals, boundaries, and constraints we've got here? Then you get to work finding a solution and get creative together. Number five, the avoidance habit. Let's define avoidance. Here's how I understand it. Avoidance is when there's something we need to deal with and we're putting it off. Sometimes that's work a person, or a situation? More often, I see it show up with uncomfortable emotions. Avoiding hurt, frustration, or shame, not wanting to feel incompetent. Avoidance trades long-term success for short-term relief. How? Choosing to put off is a short-term deal. If it's important, you will have to deal with it. 
Otherwise, you could decide it's not important and just let it go. Then you move on to the next thing. In the long term, avoidance creates more problems. Like a stopped car in the middle of a highway, it creates big traffic jams all around it. Because life has a lot of things we need to deal with. When we put one off, we create a bottleneck. Time keeps going. We're not getting the things done that we need to. Down the line, we're slammed with more things at once. That's the traffic jam. When avoidance becomes so automatic, it's a habit, that's when real trouble starts. Because it's no longer a conscious choice. It keeps happening. How do you undo the avoidance habit? There are two ways I've seen that can work. One is the surf option. What you're going to do is surf the emotion that's triggering your avoidance. Sit yourself down, tell yourself you can't do anything until you deal with the thing or problem, the task that you're avoiding. All kinds of discomfort will pop up. All different kinds of emotions may come up for you. Instead of continuing to avoid, sit and let them wash over you. Ride the wave because the emotions will ebb away. Stay locked in and focused on what you're avoiding. Eventually, you'll go and get it done as long as you stay focused on it and don't let yourself get pulled off track. The second approach is to dig in. When avoidance shows up, ask yourself what it's trying to do for you. Unlock the door to what is scary or difficult. Confront it head on. Because avoidance means there's something important. No matter how you slice it, the important thing will be sitting and waiting for you. In the meantime, you're losing time and creating more problems for yourself, especially your future self. To recap, we covered five ways we sabotage ourselves. Number one, the GPS error. Number two, the winget mentality. Number three, the sacrifice trap. Number four, the pitting mindset. And number five, the avoidance habit. Now that you know them, start noticing them in your own life. It will be tough at first. Calling it out will help you get clarity on what's holding you back. And now you'll have some tips and tools to deal with them better. So on that note, I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you learned something valuable today, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more smart, high-performing, results-driven people like you the ability to learn and apply high-leverage psychology to your business and life. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast is produced by Dr. Yishai and PodTech. Music by www.purple-planet.com. Dr. Yishai is a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with the guest or listener. The information contained in this publication is for general informational purposes only and shall not be relied on or construed as coaching advice or therapy. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thanks again for listening. I hope today's episode fulfilled my mission to help you leverage psychology better in your business and life.